Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to someone who has just recently fallen head over heels in love with the game of Aussie football. If you found your way to this podcast, that means one of two things. Either you are a fan as well, and I hope we have some things in common and you enjoy what I bring to this podcast. Or two, you're wondering, just what in the heck is an American guy doing talking about Australian football? Well, that's a great question. Quite frankly, if you asked me five years ago, would I be doing this? I would have thought you'd be absolutely crazy. Because while I had heard of the game of Australian rules football, and I had some vague recollection of watching the game on ESPN here in the States back in the 1970s, I really had no concept of what I was was seeing. I didn't really know much about it. In fact, it wasn't until about four years ago that I rediscovered this absolutely beautiful game, one that I would argue is the greatest game in the world. And that is coming from someone who is a 50-year fan of Major League Baseball here in the United States, a 50-year fan of professional football here in the United States, as well as college football. I think that Australian rules football is the greatest game ever conceived. I have often tried to describe to my friends here in the States what makes this game so special, and I've tried to describe it to them in terms of what this game consists of and what it is like. And the best description I can come up with, and I've run this by some people who I talk to in the Geelong chat rooms on Facebook, and my thought was that Aussie football is a combination of rugby, soccer, cross-country running, American football, mixed martial arts, or at least it used to be, and calculus. Because watching players like Liam Ryan and watching people like Eddie Betts do things with the ball that you don't think are physically possible is absolutely amazing. The reckless abandon and the fearlessness with which players in this game play the game is absolutely mind-boggling. They are so impressive to watch. And I would argue that they are the best athletes on the entire planet. Sure, we have people that are running under two-hour marathons now. That is freakishly fast. I get tired driving that far, quite frankly. But they surpass players in the NFL the NBA, certainly Major League Baseball here in the States. I think they are absolutely at the pinnacle of athletic prowess. And it is so impressive to watch these players cover the ground that they cover, get knocked down, get back up, make tackles, go up for marks, and be able to just be dominant individuals at this game. I have shown clips and videos to friends of mine, quite frankly to students as well in my classroom before class or after class, that type of thing, and they are fascinated by what they're seeing. They can't believe it either, and they want more of it. They want to see more. So we watched a couple games here and there in class, at least parts of games, not entire games, because I have a job to do while I'm there. And even though 
I have somewhat hooked my boss, the principal in my building, on the game of footy. I don't think he would appreciate it if we were watching the game throughout the day during the school day when we have things that we need to be doing. Of course, there's a time and a place. Before school, I'll probably watch. After school, you can bet I'll be watching. And it's been exciting getting a few more people here in my area interested in the game. My hope with this podcast is to generate interest in the game from fans who don't know it exists or don't understand the game or don't realize just how damn terrific it actually is. You might be sitting in your car right now or at home or possibly in your office and you're thinking to yourself, how in the heck did a middle-aged man from Sandusky, Ohio decide to start paying attention to the game of Australian football? And what in the world compelled me to want to try doing a podcast? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I have a good answer for that. But I do know that I enjoy talking And as a teacher, I enjoy talking to other people. Also working as a public address announcer at the school where I teach, I thought this was a natural progression. As I'd said before, I'm hoping to learn from you, and I'm hoping to have some fun while I'm doing it as well. Because this is a great game, and I want to learn as much as I can. And that's where you come in. As fans of the game, my hope, as I'd said before, is to talk with you, to speak with you about things that I don't know, but I would like to know, to figure out what the mindset of fans happens to be in Australia and how do we draw more people in the United States to this game. Now, I'm very aware of the fact that we have dozens of teams playing in the USAFL here in the United States. I'm planning on reaching out to those teams as well, trying to talk to people involved with the game there to kind of get the pulse of what's happening with that game as well. But I'm hoping to also spend a lot of my time talking about the AFL and talking about footy at lower levels as well. Now, I understand the concept of the VFL and the Sandful and that type of thing, but I'm still learning the nuts and bolts behind that. Being in the United States, I don't necessarily have access to watching games at that level, although I would be interested in doing that if I could figure out how to make that happen. But when it comes to figuring out just how I fell in love with this game, I have to tell you, I uh, about four years ago, I rediscovered the game, and it was an absolutely unexpected chain of events. I would come home from evenings where I was announcing or I was at home in the evening because I didn't have access to my car because one of my children may have been borrowing my car, so I was at home. And I flipped on the television, and as I'm scrolling through the channels, I discovered that there were games from something that I wasn't completely familiar with there. And I was trying to figure out what the heck is this that's going on here with this game? I turned it on and I remembered, oh yeah, I saw this back when I was a kid. Well, I was in high school at the time. I wasn't really a kid, but it wasn't something that I watched often. It was more of a passing thing. I I remember seeing that. But I sat down and started watching. And 
and I learned that one of these TV channels here in the United States would play one game a week on our television. And it was usually a game that would start at around 11 o'clock or 11.30 on a Friday night, which meant that it was a 1 o'clock or a 1.30 Saturday afternoon game in Australia. And I was fascinated by what I was seeing. I didn't understand a thing about it. I had no clue what was going on. I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell's up with all of the whistling? I had no idea. Now, I've watched the game with some other people who are not fans of the game yet. They've not paid much attention to it. They've only seen it in passing. They've only been in a situation where I've said, hey, you need to sit down and watch this because it is really cool. But they have no concept of what they're seeing. And I have had people say to me that very same thing. What's up with all the whistling? Why do they whistle so much? Well, it took me several weeks to figure out just the basics after watching three or four or five games, and I started to get into it. It was something that I was looking forward to. I was thinking to myself, I want to know more about this. So I started digging in online. I started reading articles on the afl.com.au website. I began researching on Wikipedia. Yeah, I know it's not a great source, but in this regard... It wasn't too bad. And just trying to find out a little bit about what I'm seeing and trying to learn a little bit about the rules. I looked up some YouTube videos as well, which gave me a cursory introduction to some of the rules and how things work, learning what marks were and that type of thing. And as I'm watching over the course of that season... And into the subsequent season, I had become a fan. Now, I learned very quickly after I had spoken to someone that I'm not allowed to say that I was going to choose a team to root for. Because here in the United States, that has a different connotation than what you have in Australia. And if I offended you, I apologize for that. That was not my intent. But I had to decide who it was that I wanted to cheer for. So I started doing some research. And I began to dig into the different teams. I looked at the information that was on the AFL website. And I created a very detailed spreadsheet going back through about 15 years worth of team records. Wins, losses, ties, looking at the percentage, which, quite frankly, took me a while to figure out what that was as well. And I find that to be a rather fascinating way of working with the standings. I like that a lot in terms of where people are on the ladder. But as I was researching, I narrowed it down to a handful of teams. There were some that I eliminated very quickly for rather bizarre reasons. I decided that I was not going to be able to support Richmond, who, quite frankly, I was not surprised they won the 
premiership this past year because they got healthy at the right time and are a fantastic team. They played very well together this year, but they were decimated by injuries. The reason I struggled to, to select Richmond as a team I could support was, quite frankly, the uniform colors. Because being from Ohio here in the United States, we, well, many of us are fans of the Cleveland Browns. And one of their biggest rivals, well, at least they were a rival during my childhood and my teen years, were the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the Browns have been terrible for such a long time. Think Gold Coast since inception. That's pretty much what the Browns have been like since 1999. And the Steelers uniforms are black and gold or black and yellow. And I, I just could not bring myself to supporting a team that wore black and yellow because as a Cleveland fan, I just couldn't wrap my head around that. And again, this is no offense to Richmond fans. I talk to a lot of Richmond fans online, and I love seeing the passion from every team. I really do. It's, it's great to see the fan support. Okay. So, Richmond was off the table. I, just for fleeting second thought, you know what? Maybe I'll be a Gold Coast fan because it doesn't look like they have very many fans. But then I quickly realized there's a reason because they've struggled for so long and they're a very young team and they've just not been able to develop the, the talent level on the team to have any kind of extended success. So... They went off the board. So I had narrowed it down actually to three teams. And those three teams were Brisbane and Geelong and Collingwood. Those were the three that I had decided I could support. And Collingwood was a natural option for me. My school where I teach, the school colors are black and white. That would have been an easy transition. I have lots of black and white shirts. I would have been very comfortable supporting them. My daughter's nickname is Magpie. I've called her that all 19 years of her life. I still call her to that day, call her that to this day, and I will call her that forever. That's been the nickname that I gave her. Now, they were an option. As I said, Brisbane was also an option. I thought, you know what? This looks like an up-and-coming team. I saw them three or four times on television. I was able to watch some highlights of their games, and I thought watching some of the young players that they had on that team, like Eric Hipwood and Dane Zorko at the time, were very compelling players to want to support. They looked like they were a team that was about to get good very quickly. It turns out I was right on that. They got very good very quickly. But the third team was Geelong. And I really began to dig into the, the Cats and saw that they had had a rich history, that they've had a lot of success. Now they haven't won a premiership in many years. Some people would argue that, you know, Anybody could have won a premiership with the team that Chris Scott had during his first year. Heck, maybe I could have moved to Geelong and coached the team 
that year in 2009, I believe, and help them win the premiership. No, that wouldn't have worked. But a lot of people don't give Chris Scott much credit. And quite frankly, you have to wonder, well, how much credit should he have? Because the Cats, while they've consistently been towards the top of the ladder or have been in the finals, have not gotten over the hump in a decade. They've struggled to reach that pinnacle over the last decade. Now, I don't know if that's going to turn around soon. Losing Tim Kelly was a huge loss. We will see if Jack Steven can pick up some of that slack. We'll see if some of the other players can come back as well. But I made the decision to support Geelong mainly for two reasons. One, I thought, you know what? I don't want to necessarily support a team that is in one of the big cities that has a huge fan base. I wanted to look for something that was in not necessarily a small town because from what I have read and what I've researched, Geelong is a pretty good-sized city, but it certainly is not the size of Melbourne or Sydney. So I thought just from that standpoint, I thought just in terms of the size of the city, it kind of made them appear to me to be a bit of an underdog, kind of like my teams that I support here in the United States, the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Browns. Now, they both play in a small city. Cleveland is not a big city compared to New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or, heck, even Miami or Houston. It's very small. In fact, it's gotten a lot smaller over the last 25 years as a lot of jobs have moved out of that part of the country. So they've struggled to compete with teams like the New York Yankees and the Chicago Cubs and the Los Angeles Dodgers because, especially in baseball, there is no salary cap. So if you want to spend an almost infinite amount of money on your team, you can do that. Now they've put rules in place to say, well, if you spend too much year after year after year, you're going to have to pay a penalty, if you will, or a tax on top of that, which that money that is supposed to, I believe, go to the smaller market teams, the teams in smaller towns to give them more money to spend on trying to bring players into their team. That's enough about baseball, though. I thought that Geelong seemed like a good fit, and there's one player that I had watched play probably a half dozen games as I was researching. And that was a young man who, quite frankly, I've not seen play much in the last two years. But that is Nakaya Cockatoo for the Cats. Watching him play the game was just, I don't want to say magical because that sounds a little weird, but he was dynamic. He played a frenetic pace one that it makes sense now that he struggled to stay healthy because he played with such reckless abandon on the field he did not have a problem putting his body into places where maybe it shouldn't have gone and he was hit and injured and banged up as a result of that and it has taken him a long time to get healthy and from everything that I have been reading it sounds like he's getting there that he might be able to contribute this year and who knows, he might just be the X factor that helps the Cats replace Tim Kelly. Wouldn't that be wonderful to pick up all of those draft picks and have the guy that's going to replace the guy you had to trade away already in-house? So here's hoping that Nakaya Cockatoo can stay healthy. So I made the decision to support the Cats. I think it's a good decision. I know there's a lot of people who are not Cats fans, and that's great. I get it. 
I understand that there are teams that you as a supporter of another team just don't like. I understand that. I feel that way about some teams in professional sports here in the United States. The New York Yankees, the Baltimore Ravens, because they used to be the Cleveland Browns before the team owner moved them to Baltimore back in 1995. So I cannot stand the Baltimore Ravens. Even though I was reluctant to cheer for Richmond because of the team colors matching those of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh has been a team that has had a lot of success for decades, pretty much for my entire lifetime. So I respect them. I'm not a fan of theirs, but I respect them. I understand that. Now, I get that there are rivalries in footy, in the AFL. I have come to learn that as a Geelong fan, I'm not supposed to be a fan of Hawthorne. And I'm not, of course. But I don't have anything against Hawthorne. I don't have anything against the fans that support Hawthorne because, well, one, I don't know them. And besides not knowing any of the fans, other than the ones that I've spoken to online, I I come at this game from the position that I wasn't raised for my entire lifetime to dislike one club or another. As I said, don't get me wrong, I completely understand that. And if you have animosity or angst towards another team, I certainly understand it. And if you don't like Geelong, I certainly get it. That makes complete sense to me. But I have become such a fan of the game that I have not found myself hating another team. Now, do I cheer against teams in certain games? Absolutely I do. I thought what happened last year between Ben Stratton and Orazio Fantasia was a little ridiculous. Stratton doing all of the pinching and that that sort of thing. Now, if I was looking for a reason to hate a player or to hate a team, that would have been right up there at the top of the list. Because what he was doing was was pretty petty. It wasn't really in the spirit of the game, as far as I could tell. And the tribunal felt the same way because they suspended him for it. Now, again, I'm not completely sure of Ben Stratton's history, so I don't know how far along in his career that this happened in terms of what other types of things may have happened in his career as well. I don't know if he's been a troublemaker, if you want to call it, earlier in his career. I don't know if he's been suspended before. If he had been, that might have been what compelled the the league to do this again. Now, being a fan in the United States is not easy. I live in a place in the United States where we are roughly 14 hours behind the time in Melbourne. So a one o'clock in the afternoon game in Melbourne is starting at 11 o'clock in the evening here. And now that I have taken the plunge after becoming such a fan of the game, I purchased an annual subscription to the Watch AFL app, which allows me to watch games live. It allows me to watch games on replay. It allows me to watch all of the programming that Fox Footy puts out. And I am enthralled by it. Now, I know not everybody's going to be a fan of all of the different programming that's on, but I do enjoy 
watching AFL 360 every morning when I get to school because that's on right about the time that I get to work in the morning because I'm usually in my classroom at about 6 a.m. and I'll sit down and work on some schoolwork. I'll have some oatmeal. I'll turn on Robo and Waitley and watch the events unfold for that day. But watching the games at 11 o'clock at night is not an easy task because they're not finishing until 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. And quite frankly, I, I have struggled in a couple of occasions staying awake. But that's one of the nice things about being able to come back and finish a game later on. But I do try to watch the Cats games live if I possibly can. I think last year out of the 22 games on the fixture I believe I watched 20 of them live there were a couple games that came on at 2 30 in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning that I just was not up for that so I ended up watching those on replay but I've enjoyed watching the games live and interacting with people in different message boards on Facebook talking about the game as it's happening and I can't tell you how wonderful it is to be digitally embraced, if you will, welcomed by Cats fans in these different forums on Facebook. I've, I've truly enjoyed talking with those people. And that's one of the things that I guess you could say led me to wanting to do this with this podcast. Having made what I would call friends online, again, I've never met these people before. I've spoken to them through messages. I've posted live videos on Facebook as games were getting started, that type of thing. But I've never actually spoken on the phone with any of them or anything of that nature. I hope to do so, but it hasn't happened as of yet. I'm hoping to set that up. But those people kind of gave me the idea that doing a podcast and talking about the game, not just the cats, but talking about the AFL in general, and talking about footy at different levels, I think would be a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. So I'm, I'm very excited about taking this uh, journey with you. And again, as I said, I'm hoping you'll consider coming back and listening again, because I'm sure it will improve as we go forward. And as I said, I'm hoping to bring aboard some interviews with people here in the States, as well as setting up the ability to interview people in Australia at all levels. I spoke to a gentleman on Twitter, and if you want to follow on Twitter, it's at yank underscore on on Twitter. Just search for a yank on the footy. It's also yank underscore on on Instagram as well. And I'm hoping to have a website up very soon as well. And I'm sure that I'll be opening up a Facebook page in the very near future as well. But these folks encouraged me to dive into this. They thought the perspective of somebody from the States would be a fresh one. And I, and I hope that I'm able to do this. Okay. I'm hope that I'm able to, I'm hoping that I'm able to bring along something that you find compelling, that you find interesting, and I'm sure as it goes along, I'm going to get much more comfortable talking to you 
as, you know, as I said before, I talk for a job. That's my job. I talk to my students. I talk with my students. I read their assignments online. I give them feedback online. I talk to the audiences, the crowds at the, at the football and soccer games that I'm announcing. used to announce volleyball as well. So that part of things doesn't worry me too much. But it's just learning enough about the game that I help to keep your interest piqued. And that's where bringing in guests and interviews I think will be very helpful and as I'd said a few moments ago I spoke with a gentleman on Twitter not long after I set up the Twitter page who played local footy until he was in his late 40s I believe he said and he had trained with Richmond back in the 80s but had a fairly significant injury and his dreams of being in the VFL disappeared with that but he went back home to his community, and I don't remember the name of the community offhand. But during the course of his playing career in these local leagues, he kicked over 3,000 goals. Now, I don't care what level you're playing at. If you're able to kick 3,000 goals, you're a pretty good player at that level. You're a dominant player at that level. We're talking about Lance Franklin getting close to goal 1,000, if I'm not mistaken. This gentleman has tripled him. Now, yes, I understand the level of competition is going to be different. I get that. But just being able to do that at that level, and he mentioned that he played the game alongside his sons as well, and now he's doing some coaching as well as his son's doing some coaching for some of the younger kids who are growing up in the game. So I hope to have him on someday once I get the ability set up to start doing interviews. But those of you in Australia, I'm going to wrap this up here fairly shortly, but I wanted to say wholeheartedly thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing this wonderful game with me. I'm in many ways angry with myself because it took me so long to discover this game that, quite frankly, I have fallen head over heels in love with. I don't know any other way to describe it. I have fallen in love with the game of footy, and I'm hoping that you will tune in every week to listen as I go on this journey. And I hope that I get an opportunity to talk with many of you. Maybe you weren't a player. Maybe you're just a fan of a team, and you have a great story about your time as a fan at a grounds where you've met up with someone and that needs to be something that's shared I would love to hear from you you can reach me and follow me on twitter at yank underscore on or on instagram or facebook or even youtube at a yank on the footy or feel free to email me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com I would truly love to hear from you I would also love it if you could give me some feedback in a way of a review on the podcast service that you're using right now. While I'd love a five-star review, I would truly appreciate your suggestions as well as what parts, what parts of the show you liked, as well as where I can improve. As I improve, then I feel like I could possibly ask you for a five-star review. I also ask that you consider sharing a link to this podcast with your family and friends. As we say here in the States, the more the merrier. Before I wrap up this evening, 
I want to ensure that I thank Mr. Joseph McDade for his music that I'm using as the intro and outro music. Mr. McDade creates some terrific music, and I'm using two of his pieces called Backplate and Elevation. You can find these pieces and many others at josephmcdade.com music. Thanks again, Mr. McDade, for your hard work and your great tune. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to give me a listen, and I truly hope that you'll come back again as I continue my journey to learn as much as I can about this beautiful, wonderful game. Because while many of us are fans of our own teams, deep down, we share one thing. We're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening, and I ask you to share this podcast with your footy friends, and may your dribble kick never hit the post. Catch you later. This has been episode number one of A Yank on the Footy. You can catch me on Twitter at yank underscore on or on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at A Yank on the Footy or email me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. I would truly love to hear from you.